Hi friends, welcome back to the English Vocabulary Help Podcast. My name's Kayla, I'm an American English teacher. I'm also known as English with Kayla online, at Instagram, and on YouTube. And this is my podcast where I teach you the natural English vocabulary that you must know when speaking with native English speakers, especially from the United States. I say this because I am American, true and true. That means I've, I'm very American. I've never lived in another country. And if you're speaking English here, I can say that these idioms and phrases will really help you understand native speakers, and it will also help you feel confident speaking English with them as well. Before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that if you use the link below that says sign up for my mailing list to receive car idioms, you will get a list of all the idioms from this episode. This episode is all about car idioms. Now, this sounds strange. Why would you need to know so many idioms about cars? Well, they're just car-themed, automobile-themed, and these idioms apply to many other daily conversations as well. So I think you'll find this list very useful. And if you're already signed up for my mailing list, you will have received this email in your inbox. It's called car idioms and you can go read them there because I know you guys are looking for a transcript or some other sort of information to help you understand what I'm saying in the lesson. I don't have a book for you but I do have a television show. I just finished Space Force. There are two seasons on Netflix of this show. The show is starring Steve Carell. He's an American actor. You might know him if you've ever watched the American version of The Office, which is my all-time favorite sitcom, so funny television show. And he plays the general of the American Space Force. So it's like the military, but for space. And this show is really funny, just like The Office. It actually has the same writer who wrote The American Office, And I just thought they were great episodes, they weren't too long, and it would be great if you're learning English. So that is my recommendation of the week. Hopefully you can find it on Netflix, and if you get the chance to watch it, let me know, because I thought it was hilarious. I had a lot of fun watching it. If you're listening in March of 2022, I just wanted to let you guys know that I have something really exciting launching in April. I can't tell you all about it yet. But if you are on my mailing list, again, join using the link below. You will get an email all about my next teaching opportunity that you will get from me. So sign up for that mailing list. I just wanted to let you guys know. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to thank the sponsor, who is Grammarly. Grammarly is an awesome proofreading service. It's free, and you can install it right on your browser. So the way that you use the internet, like Google Chrome, or you can download the app and it will tell you about any grammatical errors that you've made or any spelling errors that you've made. And this app is great for native English speakers, but it's actually the best for non-native English speakers because it will basically proofread just like a human would and it will give you some suggestions of how your writing can sound better. And I use it all the time. I use it for just about everything that I write. And I know a lot of people who work in business in the United States recommend Grammarly as well. If you guys haven't downloaded it already, please use the link in today's episode and it will give me a small commission when you 
download the app. It's completely free. You can buy a pro version that gives you even better suggestions than the free version. But just for free, it would help support the podcast if you downloaded it using the link below. And I wouldn't recommend it to you guys if I didn't always use it myself. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Thanks again to this week's sponsors. Now let's get into English car idioms. Okay, so first, when you are absolutely tired, you're exhausted, just like a car runs out of gas, you can say you are running on empty. So if a car is running on empty, it doesn't have any gas left. If people are running on empty, we don't have any energy left. I often say this phrase when I'm really stressed out as well. So at the end of a day, especially if I've been teaching a lot, I say I'm just really running on empty. I can't get much more done. This means I'm alive, I'm awake, but I have no energy left to do anything. And you can say this idiom for a person or a car. So you can say, my car is running on empty. I really need to stop and get gas. And I would not recommend running on empty when you are driving a car. In the United States, if you run out of gas, you just have to pull over to the road. And hopefully you have some sort of car side assistance, like I do. Triple A, so it's a company called AAA. We call it Triple A is the most common one here and you can call someone and they'll bring you gas or of course you could call a family member or a friend and if they are feeling very nice they will bring you some gas. I have personally never run out of gas knock on wood but I have used my car side assistance program to come change a flat tire for me because I for some reason have very bad luck with running over nails and having flat tires. The next phrase is step on it. If you tell someone to step on it in the car, you are talking about the pedal. I've also heard people say punch it. So this is the gas pedal that makes the car go faster. Step on it means please go faster. And it's just kind of more of a casual kind of joking phrase like, hey, can you step on it? This means can you please go faster? Now, the opposite of saying step on it is to say put the brakes on. This phrase is more applicable outside of the car as well, whereas step on it we really only use when we're driving. If you'd say put the brakes on in the car, that just means slow down, you're going to have to stop. If you are in the workplace or just talking with a friend and you say we're just going to put the brakes on it, it means we're going to stop either a project Or you could say, I'm going to put the brakes on my relationship with my boyfriend or my girlfriend. This means that you're going to stop the relationship. You're just going to kind of slow it down and probably stop eventually. So it's really just a nice idiom or kind of a euphemism that means to stop something. This next phrase is super common even when you're not driving. Because right now, most people in the United States drive automatic cars That means you don't have to use the stick shift to switch gears. To be honest, I've never driven a stick shift. I think that's kind of a thing of the past. I know 
fancy cars still have a, a stick or Jeeps, maybe, but I never have experienced it. So this phrase is just still really common to say, let's just shift gears. This just means we're going to change topics that we're speaking about. I have heard this phrase come up a lot in the workplace as well. People say, okay, let's shift gears in the meeting here. We've talked about one thing and we're going to shift gears and talk about another. So it's kind of like if we were going slow and then we need to shift gears and go fast. But you can just say this to say like, let's talk about something different. Let's move on because we've probably talked about the first thing too much. If you've ever heard someone say that they have come to a fork in the road, this is one of my favorite English idioms. It means literally like you've come to a road that has two ways to go. We call that a fork. I'm wondering what you call it in your first language. It would be strange if we all called it a fork, if that translated directly. If a road goes two different ways, it splits, it's a fork. This idiom could be used in driving. I don't come to many forks in the road. <laughs> but it can also be used just in life. This is a very life idiom. If you are, let's say, 18 years old and you have the option to either go to college or start working, these are two very big decisions. Although, in my opinion, even if you start working, you can always go back to college. But your life will go in two di very different directions. You can say, I'm really at a fork in the road and I'm trying to decide what to do. Let's say you are dating someone for a long time. Let's say you're a man and you're thinking, do I want to marry this woman or do I want to, I don't know, travel the world and break up with this woman? I could say, my life has come to a fork in the road because if you get married to kind of settle down become serious whereas if you decide to travel your life is not serious you are moving from one thing to the next there is the fork in the road so I think this is a really nice idiom to use when it comes to making a big decision that will alter your life in two different ways have you ever driven by an accident and everybody is in their car and their neck goes around to look at the accident. Well, we have a special word for this in English. It's called rubberneck. So my husband always says this. He says, everybody's just rubbernecking here. It means it's like their neck is made of rubber and it, it bends to see the accident. Everyone slows down to stare at the accident. So that is really what's causing traffic more so than the accident. So it's really annoying when people rubberneck. And this is a funny phrase. It's a funny English word. And I'm wondering if it's used in other countries besides the United States because it seems like a very American word to rubberneck, which means to stare at an accident, a car accident, to slow down. You could use this phrase to say, why is everybody rubbernecking over there, even if you're not driving? It just means, why is everyone turning their heads and staring at something? This next phrase I can see being really useful to you as an English learner. If you feel like you have a lot of work to do to get to your goal, let's say you have a lot of studying to take TOEFL or to take IELTS or maybe you are trying to study so that you can speak with native speakers and you just feel like you have so much work to do, you can say you have a long road ahead. If we say, let's, if we, say we have a long road ahead of us, 
it means we have a lot of work to do. Now, if you were in the car, you can use this phrase to also say we have a long travel ahead. We have a long road ahead before we get there. So this phrase is either used to say we have a long distance to go to reach our destination or the place that we want to go in the car or just in life. So I have a long road ahead before I graduate from college. Not me personally, I did finally graduate, but it felt like I had such a long road ahead of me when I was in college and I was doing work and I had several semesters to go. It just felt like it would never end. It felt like I was driving a car to a very far location. This next phrase is sort of similar to this. The phrase is down the road. So if you are driving and you say, hey, is there a place where I can stop for gas? Someone might just say, yeah, just down the road. This means not a very far distance, maybe a couple miles, five miles at the most. And in life, we say down the road, it means that we're going to do something in a few years time. So when I was younger, I would say down the road, I really want to have kids with my husband (laughs) or with my boyfriend, whatever. I wanted to get married and then have kids. But I said down the road, I can't wait to have kids. This means in a few years time, I can't wait to have kids. So you could say, hey, somewhere down the road, we should go on vacation to, you know, Mexico or down the road, we should go on vacation to the Caribbean. And you're just planning this vacation for a few years. You're kind of saying, maybe we should do this in a few years. We should do it down the road. So this phrase down the road means in a few years time. It's really useful. And this one's actually pretty common. If you've ever watched car racing in the United States, called NASCAR usually and the international competition that's more famous in Europe which I really enjoy is called Formula One racing and when they have to stop to get their tires changed and their oil changed and the car fixed up we call that in English a pit stop so this has a very specific name a pit stop we also say when we're on a long car trip when we're traveling in our car for a long time and we need to stop either to get gas, go to the bathroom, or get food, we can say sometimes, let's take a pit stop. So this is just an informal way to say, let's stop to meet our needs in the car here. In racing, it has a very specific meaning, but in just general driving, it just means let's stop to get things we need. Um, You can also say like, if you weren't planning on stopping somewhere, you can just call it a pit stop. Hey, let's let's take a quick pit stop in this city and we'll get food and stuff. So it's usually a stop that was not really planned so that you can meet your needs like going to the bathroom, eating food, and, you know, stretching your legs, getting gas for the car, all those things. This next phrase I've definitely heard in a lot of advertising and commercials in the United States. And the phrase is to be in the driver's seat. So this phrase is very poetic. It's not used in a lot. It's not used in a lot of our daily conversations. But I hear advertisers say, you know, like a car company, like, are you in the driver's seat of your life? This means like, are you in control? Because the person who's sitting in the driver's seat of a car is in control of the car. A person who's in the driver's seat of their life 
is in control of their life. So it's just a very poetic way to say in control, to be in the driver's seat. You could also say, are you just a passenger in your life? Or are you just in the passenger seat along for the ride? (laughs) This just means you're not in control. You're just going with the flow. You're doing whatever comes your way. In your car, if you have a big bump in the road, it might, you know, kind of be annoying and it might slow you down a little bit. In the United States, sometimes in parking lots, we have something called a speed bump or speed hump. It's either called one of those two names. And it's just to make sure that we don't drive too fast in parking lots. They're quite annoying because you have to slow your car down really slow, five miles per hour. Otherwise, it will be really hard on your car. It could damage your car even. We use the same phrase, a bump in the road, to say that we have something in life that's slowed us down and that has been annoying to us. So last year, I broke my arm. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, there was a whole episode about it. (laughs) It was terrible and I wasn't, it was just a complete accident. I took a fall while doing something stupid at the park and it was just a bump in the road. It was really annoying. I couldn't use my computer very well and it took me away from my normal responsibilities and you know some things I was working on at the time they got slowed down because I just hit a bump in the road. I broke my arm so it can be something unfortunate like that. Obviously I wasn't very sick. Nobody died in my life but it was just annoying and it slowed me down. So we use this phrase bump in the road to talk about small annoyances. The last phrase I want to talk about is to take something for a spin. If you say, I'm going to take the car for a spin, this just means I'm going for a short drive, usually for enjoyment. And it's really common to say, hey, let's take your car for a spin. A spin does not mean you're just driving in circles, but you could just be driving for a leisurely activity. And honestly, with the price of gas, I am not taking my car for a spin. (laughs) I'm not driving just for enjoyment. I'm only driving if I have to because gas prices are very high in the United States right now. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the English Vocabulary Help Podcast. I hope you learned a lot about these car idioms that are also applicable in your daily English conversations. Again, if you guys haven't already, sign up for my mailing list. You'll receive the list of today's idioms that will help you study them. And also you'll hear news about the way I can teach you English online in the future. And then thanks again to the sponsor of today's podcast, Grammarly. Download the app to help you proofread your English writing. Thank you also for rating me five stars here on Spotify. If you're listening to the podcast on Spotify, I've seen a lot of ratings come in recently and it makes me feel so happy and it helps support the podcast. So thank you again. If you haven't already, go ahead and give the podcast a five-star rating on Spotify. I'll see you guys next Thursday in the episode of the English Vocabulary Help Podcast. Until then, good luck studying.